You're listening to the Speaking Tongues podcast. I'm your host, El Sharice. Each week, I sit down to a conversation with multilinguals where we discuss and celebrate language, life, and culture through our own perspectives. Episode 115, Speaking Cabo Verdeanu. Hello, language lovers. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Speaking Tongues, the podcast in conversation with multilinguals. This week, I'm honored to have this discussion about Cabo Verdianu with John of Learn Cabo Verdianu and Cabo Verdian linguist Adelaide Montero. In this week's episode, we're learning how Cabo Verde and Cabo Verdianu, the language, grew together. We learn the exact city where the language originated and why we use the term Cabo Verdianu when talking about this Creole. John and Adelaide talk to us about the structure of the language, including why it's important to include the subject and how this structure differs from Portuguese. Adelaide tells us about West African languages that have influenced the structure and how linguists today are using technology to gather information on Cabo Verdiano in real time. Adelaide tells us about Portuguese Creoles from other countries that can be understood by Cabo Verdeans, and John tells us about food and music to experience in Cabo Verde, which I myself cannot wait to partake of in person. Stay tuned through the episode to find out which word that yours truly already knew in Cabo Verdeano and why I knew this word. Spoiler alert, there is singing involved. Gigantic, huge, over land and sea. Thank you to John and Adelaide for this conversation and for sharing the beauty and majesty of Cabo Verde, its language, culture, traditions, and people with all of us. If you enjoy episodes of Speaking Tongues, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Speaking Tongues podcast on Apple Podcasts and like and subscribe on YouTube so that other language lovers like yourselves can find the show. And if you've been a longtime listener of the show or even a recent listener, you can now pledge ongoing support for the show on buymeacoffee.com or on patreon.com. And as you know, I wrote a book, My Food Zine of International Language and Cuisine, Taste Buds Volume 1 is available now for purchase. Check social media for the sneak peek inside the book and make sure you purchase one for yourself and one for your friends. Links to all platforms are in the show notes. Okay, let's chat. Welcome back to a new episode of Speaking Tongues. I'm here today with John and Adelaide. How are you both today? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> Doing very good, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Glad to be here. Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk to you both about Cabo Verdianu. I have so much to learn, and I'm just going to say for people listening straight off the bat, I am dying to visit Cabo Verde someday. <laughs> it's high on my list. So this is such a treat for me to have an opportunity to talk about your language and your culture. And I can't wait to learn so much from both of you. Well, thanks again for Thank the opportunity. Thank you so much for this opportunity too. <laughs> Absolutely. And we can't wait for you to visit Cape Verde. <laughs> I'll be there as soon as possible. Um, I like to start each episode with the same question, and that is, what is your first language and which languages have you learned to speak to both of you? 
I my first language um, was Kivaro Creole or Cabo Verdiano. Uh, all my family speak uh, Creole and uh, and around, okay, and around. Uh, I listen to Portuguese, but I I didn't speak yet. Okay, but my first language was uh, Cabo Verdiano. <laughs> okay. And uh, so my first language uh, is English. I learned Portuguese, and then from Portuguese, learned Cabo Verdiano or Cape Verdean Creole. So that's my language experience there. Amazing. Amazing. Um, John, what led you to learning Portuguese as an, as an English speaker? Like, what drew you to the Portuguese language itself? Um, growing up, my family, originally, I, I grew up in Chicago. So, you know, Chicago is a diverse city. But my parents always emphasize the importance of learning other languages. Okay. Because you, you learn to have empathy for other people. You learn to, um, you learn that other people do have really, really good ideas just because they can't speak your language. It does not mean they have a lesser education or they're less educated than you. And so with that, um, I felt that I, at the time I didn't want to learn or study Spanish just because I felt like everyone was speaking Spanish. <laughs> right. So, um, I stumbled, I stumbled upon, um, Portuguese music. I thought it sounded pretty nice. It sounded pretty cool. And when I moved to New York, I was around some friends who uh, were from Brazil. So afterwards, I started to study Portuguese. Um, I would spend a lot of time in the Ironbound section. Well, you know, the Ironbound section. In Newark, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I spent a lot of time down there and uh, started just kind of uh, spending a lot of time with the with the Portuguese community. Afterwards, I made several trips to Brazil. And after my studies in Portuguese, I did get to a point where I was able to do some translation and interpretation work in Portuguese. And then from there, uh, the same, and we're going to get into it a, a little bit, but a lot of times the same communities of Portuguese speakers and Cape Verdeans from that East Coast in the States, a lot of times they're kind of in the same, they'll connect in a lot of the same communities, mm. right? So it was from from there, just from being around the same group that I ended up meeting my wife, who was originally from Fogo. Oh, cool. Her, yeah, yeah. So they immigrated to the States when she was about 15. And then from there, that's when I started to really pique my interest into learning and studying Cabo Verdeano. Because whenever I would talk to my mother-in-law and I would ask her, you know, well, why, why is it organized this way? She said, you just say it the way you want. There's no <laughs> rules. And I said, no, there's rules to a language. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. but, um, but it was after that that I started to, to really dive deep into studying Cabo Verdeano. Very cool. So tell me, what from both of you, what is so interesting and what is so unique about Cabo Verde? What do you think is so special and so unique about the culture, the language, uh, the geography, anything? Uh, so I'm, I think we are uh, normal. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
but the the way we appear, okay, the way uh, my country and uh, my people, my culture, my language uh, born, uh, I think it's unique uh, because they they born together. Uh, uh, these islands have no no one no one here. So uh, when Portuguese uh, was there, um, they uh, they needed to to bring everything, uh, people, uh, different people with different culture, uh, different race. I don't know race. Uh, Portuguese, uh, Italian, and uh, African as a slave. And Cape Verdean people doesn't exist. Mm. So I think what is special is is this: we create the right. people, the culture, and the language in these islands, in these ten islands. But first, in Cidade Velha, today's old city <laughs> from Cape Verde. Wow! And just to just to piggyback on that, that's one of the things that I find amazing about Cape Verde is that how many she she mentioned Cidade Velha mm -hmm. so how many locations in the world can you narrow it down and you can say you know what it was in this city that this language developed wow a lot of times linguists when when we're studying we'll we'll do that with the region it's in this region of Europe. It's in this region of Africa that these this language developed. But when it comes to Cape Verde and when it comes to Cidade Valley, you can say, well, this is this is the cities. The, these are where the first speakers of this this language were. So to me, I think that's that's amazing. The not not just that the the people and the culture all developed together, but that you can find a, an actual location. You could pinpoint a location. Right. And I think that says a lot to um, Cape Verdeans being able to really feel a connection with, with their ancestors, really feeling a connection with those who, who paved the way, is that they can go back. You know, as you're saying that, it really makes sense. Like, you don't think of an origin of a language or even a culture just originating because we because we don't know. But you can look at this culture there in Cape Verde and it's like, you know, knowing where it came from must instill so much pride in the people and so much pride in the in the culture because you you have that lineage that you can understand and maybe trace back very clearly. Let's talk about the language itself so we can orient the listeners. Um, I know that, and John, you told me this, that we are referring to the Creole as Cabo Verdeanu and not Cape Verdean Creole. Um, why are we making this distinction? And, you know, why do we use one instead of using the other? Um, and is one is one distinctly wrong to use or uh, versus the other? Or is it a matter of preference? Yeah, so it's not, um, so just for the, the listeners to understand, um, amongst, our, amongst ourselves, we will use Criolo. Uh, many times it's, you know, people will say Cape Verdean Creole, Cape Verdean Criolo. 
um, that's complete. That's completely fine. It's not. It's not considered. It's not considered wrong or even derogatory. There's there's nothing wrong with that, at all. And like I said, just for for purpose of ease, a lot of times we may say amongst ourselves, "Hey, you know, uh, Creole." When we're speaking, we're, that's how we'll reference the language. Um, but it's important to understand that Creole has, in itself, it has several different definitions. Okay. So first, Creole was originally used to label a group of people, right? So uh, people who were mixed, who were not uh, what they would consider, you know, purely of one of one race or nationality. So at one point, it was used to reference a group of people. From a linguistic standpoint, Creole is also a family of languages. So just like you have Latin languages, or you even have Germanic languages, Creole is a family of languages. And most of the time, it's referring to languages that developed during the time period of the Atlantic slave trade. Also, Creole can refer to a phase that languages go through. So you have uh, a pidgin, which is its most its most basic form. Mm -hmm. You have a Creole, and then later it develops into a language that is considered as standing on, on its own. It's almost like it it has its own identity. Okay. okay? So I'll I'll give you an example, and it's a phase that all languages go through. Like, for example, when uh, there was a letter written in 63 AD, okay? And this was from a teacher, and he complained that a student spoke Latin incorrectly and was even writing in a way that was hard to understand. He said, it, it's not even proper to put forth effort to recite it. Hmm. But linguists later discovered those were the roots of what was developing as French. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but now no one associates French with going being at some point a pigeon or a creole. Right, right, right. right. Because so much time has passed and the language has also been standardized. Mm -hmm. So that's the first part is that creole can have several different definitions. So why then... Uh, do we use Cabo Verdiano? So that actually came from in 1979 in the city of Mindelo, which is in San Vicente, which is one of the northern islands in, in uh, Cape Verde. So after the independence of Cape Verde, then you had um, linguists, Cape Verdean linguists, such as Manuel Vega was one of them. You also had representatives from the International Phonetic Association, which they helped to come up with the idea of having a phonetic alphabet, not just for Cape Verde, but for a lot of these African nations uh, that were breaking away from colonialism and wanted to have their letter, their language standardized in writing. Then you also had uh, UNESCO there. And then you also had, uh, what was it, the... African International Institute. And so what they said is, you have many other, with these different definitions of Creole, you have other nations where you go there and they say, we speak Creole or Creole. 
So the question was presented, well, how do we distinguish what is ours from what the other nations are speaking? Mm. And so they wanted to find a, a way of, uh, a, of labeling the language that addressed not just the language spoken, but also the people and the country that it represented. Henceforth, Cabo Verdeano. I see. And so it was interesting because when you, if you were to go to Louisiana and you say, I speak Creole, what will people think? Mm. Speak Louisiana Creole. Okay, right. we're on the same page. Or if you go to parts of New Jersey or New York, it even happens in Boston where you say, I speak Creole. They may think you're talking about Haitian Creole. Mm. So you can say Cape Verdean Creole, but also Cabo Verdeano already gets that, <laughs> that, that, label, that label there. But whether you say Cape Verdean Creole, Creole, none of those are, are considered improper or, or incorrect at all. Okay. Luis Volano, he, uh, he was not a linguist, but he, uh, he studied a lot our uh, oral tradition, okay? Mm -hmm. And in 1971, 1971, uh, he used the expression uh, lingua capverdiana uh, in, in, uh, in a meeting in Brazil. I think he was the first person individually use this expression, okay, uh, before our independence. But John, no, ninguém cadir a ideia. Vou falar mais um verso, falar mais um verso. Luiz Romano, na 71, eu usa a expressão língua cabo-verdiana no Brasil. Mas ninguém, cada aquela importância, o que é que isto seria? Oh, ok. Canto eu uso so, aquela expressão. Uh -huh. So what she said was, so 1979, um, and when he used the expression lingua cabo-verdiana, that's basically saying the Cape Verdean language. That's right. Portuguese for the Cape Verdean language. But she said no one, it's as if no one gave weight to it or attached as much importance to what he said. Mm. To you, to his using that expression, Cape Verdean language or Cabo Verdean at that time. And that's why we're collaborating with Adelaide because she's always breaking us off with the history. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that part and all of the, the research that I, that part I, I didn't know, but that was. That was yeah. yeah. No, that's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's always interesting how words get started and you know he may not even have thought that it was going to become you know the term it was just something you know and every day we have words that we use or we come up with and you never know where the word is going to go so I'm glad he used it I'm glad he said it <laughs> and I'm glad <laughs> someone was listening to record it and to and to keep using it um I want to talk about the language itself. I mean, we know that it is, well, I'm assuming I'm going to ask the questions um, that the listeners may be asking themselves, but um, what languages or language is Cabo Verdeanu influenced by? Um, what are the rules? As you said, John, there have to be rules. So tell us some of the rules. Um, is it a gendered languages? How are we forming sentences and 
all the good stuff about speaking this language. Okay, I uh, I will speak about the, the rules. Okay, uh, and then John can add other things. You know, I am not uh, my English. Uh, don't let me say you everything speaker. I want. Cape Verde have strict rules. Okay, they they said it it is a a language very very economic because each word need to to be in his his place. As a Portuguese or French or English, we have uh, our our sentence order is subject, verb, and complement. Okay. But we have some things uh, different from Portuguese. For example, it was the language in the in the origin of uh, our language. Uh, but we have something different. For example, we need always uh, the subject is is mandatory. I can't say one sentence without subject. Okay. I need to put it always. In Portuguese, not. Okay. But in French, yes. Okay. <laughs> Other thing is the verb. <laughs> do you have an Do you have an example? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can say "unsta dreto." I I will speak with John. John, "unsta dreto," "busta dreto." Se eu me pergunta, sim, "unsta dreto," "unsta dreto." Creago. Sim, creago. But you, I said just "creago" is not correct. But he he asked because he know. Okay, uh, he know the sentence, but I didn't use the subject. Okay. So I can't say creab because I don't know who wants. What what I want to I want to say um, I need to put always the subject because the verbs they don't change in the first, second, or three person. Oh. Uh, I can say. First, um creago, I want water. Bu creago, you want water. Just listen, cre. You just listen always, cre, cre. E creago. Third person, e, he. Nu creago, we want. Es creago, they want. So I need to change the subject, mm -hmm. but not the verb. The verb is always the same word. Oh man. And it's why I need to put always the subject. Mm. Which is why I respond my response. I have to put in my response, I put the subject. Yeah. I didn't just respond and say, creago. I didn't just respond and say want water. I have to respond with identifying myself as a subject. So in in Portuguese, can you do it without the uh, subject? Yes. In Portuguese, oh, okay. you can say eu quero água or quero água. Ah, okay. But you said tu queres água. Quero, quero, tu queres. So mm. I can ask, queres água? Because the end of the verb is different from the first person. Okay. 
if you notice, she, um, Adelaide, she made a lot of reference, for example, comparing it to Portuguese. Mm -hmm. right? So you asked about uh, the language and some of its influences. So there are studies that have said that it's over, there's close to 90%, 90% of words used are borrowed from Portuguese. Okay. However, the structure of the language, the sentence, the sentence structure, um, it follows closer to the West African languages. Ah. So, for example, Wolof, Mandinka are, are just a couple of examples that the language structure have, has actually influenced uh, Cabo Verdean. Even words, there are even words that, that trace back to African languages that are still, that, that you find in, in Cabo Verdeano as well. So, Mokiflado é bombo. O que você foi menino? Bombo menino. Yeah. So, that's the expression, that's the expression where you, well, I wouldn't do it, but where the women will carry the baby on the back. Uh-huh. So that's just an, that's just one example of the different words that you're going to, that you'll find where you say that ain't, that's not Portuguese. So yes. So it does have an influence from Portuguese and it does have an influence a lot from the West African languages that the slaves spoke mm -hmm. when they were brought from West Africa over to, to the Cape Verde Islands. Right. Right. Isn't that so interesting how, from the west coast of Africa all the way to the Caribbean and the Americas. Like there are languages that still to this day retain either through their structure or their vocabulary influences from West African languages and how, you know, I don't know about, I don't know about you both, but I wasn't told this when I was growing up. And, you know, I think that especially in, I can only speak for, you know, being Black American, but so much of what we're told is, it's not the whole story. And I think that, uh, you know, the kind of kid I was who was always interested in languages, I think knowing this, you know, if I knew it when I was younger, I think I would have been so much more galvanized to maybe study linguistics or maybe study, you know, linguistic history and, and how these connections are. I'm just finding this out like as an adult <laughs> now. And I just think it's, it's, you know, obviously come from a very sad chapter in our history collectively in, you know, as African descendants, but, um, it's amazing what we can do with words and how we can make words our own and mm -hmm. make them fit into our own. I just, yeah. I, I just think it's, I said this before, it's like linguistic alchemy. I think that, you know, many of us African descendants have and, and have had over centuries. I just think it's so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And you, you start to see that, um, this is why it's important as you're learning a language to also understand more of the culture mm. because words, words have, words have meaning beyond just, uh, just the, the definition. 
And so you can have a definition, but the the word or or its origins can mean so much, so much more. And it, it adds it adds to it. Mm-hmm. Um I I also I also think that it's amazing because we're we're at an interesting time right now. Um, especially when it comes to linguistic studies. Because because of two things. You have you have social media where everyone has a voice, even the locals. Mm. So they can now represent, also represent their language. And you also have, because of technology, linguists are trying to study and capture language quicker because prior, b- before, what was defined as a language and rules to a language, a lot of that was behind closed doors amongst a group of, of you know, we could, let's just say linguists, educated people, or even if you go further back, uh, kings and queens mm-hmm. that would determine it. And so the local people, when it came to the language and standardizing a language, before a lot of times it would come top down. The king puts a decree and this is what it, it needs to be. But now a lot of it is coming from the bottom up. Right. And so a lot of the information too, because of technology and the internet, people are saying, hey, this 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 book that I just found, let me let me go ahead, let me put, let me reference this in a paper that I'm gonna write. And so that's how information just like why well, the lady shared about what happened in 1971 information like that is is shared but that's one of the that's one of the things too that's really pushing the the interest when it comes to Cavaridiano is that so many people now have a voice and now you're starting to notice like a lot of information that was siloed before is now about the language and its origins is now is now coming out yeah I just wanted to to backtrack really quick Mm-hmm. Just one more thing that, that we were talking about with the difference when it comes to some of the rules of Cabo Verdeano. In a lot of your Latin languages, for example, in Portuguese, inanimate objects can be given a gender. In Portuguese, you could either say vermelho or vermelha to basically say red when it's applying to something that's masculine or red when it's applying to something that's feminine. Mm-hmm. But in Cabo Verdeano, you don't do that. Brumeju is brumeju. The color is the color. So whether you're applying this color to a bestidu, which is a dress, Mm -hmm. or a caru, you're always going to make sure that because it's an inanimate object, the color or its description, it doesn't change. You're not changing the gender of it. Mm -hmm. I'm already in love. This is like so. <laughs> it oh, makes it, it easier to learn. It makes yes. it makes it a, it makes it a, it's it makes it a lot. It's important for the listeners. Do not confuse this saying that it's easier to learn with saying that it's it's a it's a simple mm. language oh, as yeah, if it's course. not as that, if it's yeah. not complex. That's not mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. But some of these rules that you have in other languages. Mm-hmm. where it's so old that no one really knows the origin or it just kind of bogs down the language. That's the beauty of Cabo Verdeano is that 
a lot of that has not been applied or captured into the language of this. Yeah, point. yeah. For the people uh, now, the, the other language, like uh, Roman language, Portuguese or French or uh, Roman, uh, the, we in Creole, we do everything they do in this in that language, but we have other strategy to do this. Mm. So uh, maybe in some study, some uh, some study in the past, this is uh, this different strategy we use the the Portuguese linguistic in that uh, in that time uh, doesn't know how Cape Verdean works in the, uh, how works uh, uh, the sentence the order sentence in Cape Verdean. So they say in. Creole, they said Creole, they don't have this, they don't have this. Now, it's not this the way to say the thing. We have everything, but we do this a different way. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a different way. Another way, just, uh, just to add what John said, as example, the bombo is to put the baby in the, in the bed. Mm -hmm. uh, we have con. Conco is knock at the door. Ah. Yeah, we say conco. The majority words uh, you can use for two onomatopoeias, John. Oh, uh, onomatopoeia. onomatopoeia. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, is African, is the African language. Uh, and they end in U. So it's the things interesting to study. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Do you notice any similarities between Cabo Verdeano and other Portuguese-based Creoles? Listen, we, yeah, this is not what we expected, but uh, it's what happened. Uh, for example, uh, it was expected we understand the, uh, the two Creoles in the Santo Man. Mm. But we didn't understand. Mm. Uh, we can identify, we can identify some uh, suffix, suffix, uh, but we with the same role, but not with the, the same pronunciation. Oh, okay. But we understand the Creole of Guinea-Bissau. Oh, okay. Okay. And we understand two papiamento. It's interest, interesting because with papiamento, we have a lot of similarity. And maybe we have some words, but with uh, different, different meanings. Mm -hmm. But you have something to tell you it was the same. I, I try to remember one word with uh, Gideon. I, I speak with him Creole. And sometimes we start to laugh, and he, he tell me, uh, I know the word, but it's not in the, in the place I use it in the papiamento. How interesting. Yeah. And we understand, we understand uh not everything but we can recognize the words and understand some sentences with papia cristal hmm. papia cristal is a criollo uh based portuguese but in the uh oriente 
in Asia. Yes, yes. It's the, uh, yes, it's the Asian Portuguese Creole. So Creoles Asiáticos de base Portuguesa. Yeah, so, yeah, that's correct. So basically she's saying Portuguese, Portuguese Creoles from Asia. Hmm. Because of the, the expansion of the, the Portuguese empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually one of the, the gentlemen that we'll reference later, he actually had, he did studies on all of these, uh, what was Creole languages across the entire Portuguese empire. Mm -hmm. And so those were, those were some of I would love to know, you know, when someone like me <laughs> is coming to visit or wants to visit, um, you know, what are some things that we can experience? And I guess, you know, I, I, I ask this because anyone can look in a brochure and find, you know, top 10 things to do in blah, blah, blah. But from a perspective of a local, from a perspective of someone who is passionate about your culture and your language, your heritage, um, what are some things that should be experienced? And what are some things that, uh, what are some traditions that we can experience or we can, we can maybe not experience is the right word, but something we can, something we can see or something we can, yeah, something we can see, um, in Cabo Verde and, and, you know, that's not, you know, yeah. the, the, the typical, typical. Uh, okay. You need to uh, first know some words in Creole. Okay. <laughs> Check. Uh, yeah, some words in Creole. You need to, to know you come for a, you come to a country uh, you come to a country, you don't have the things to uh, theater, uh, cinema, okay, stores, okay, uh, you don't have, you have some, but you don't have, I go to buy some now, okay, you need to see the, the simple things as uh, how the family lives in Cape Town, okay. Uh, we have some uh, uh, some traditional food you can eat in the morning, okay, couscous. But I I think John uh, will explain you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we we have a traditional uh, a traditional uh, breakfast, okay, with couscous, longisa, things we 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 eat in the morning. You need to to come with uh, to go to the to go to the beach. Uh, you need to go to the beach, um, okay? Because we have sun all the years. You need to know. Uh, you need to know someone can bring you in a family, okay? In a family, um, because we um, our family in Kevar. Our generally, our family caper, we have the simple things as uh, we eat, okay, three times. We eat three times. We we do we do um, lunch. We do lunch, but uh, uh, it's simple things. Rice always, okay. Rice always. 
But the more in, inter, interesting, uh, this, these words is so difficult for me. No, you said but, it right, interest. Yeah, but the more interest is uh, the end of the day. Okay, when everybody do uh, do works you we, we need to do, uh, we we like to stay each other. Okay, we like to stay with each other. Uh, maybe in some family is more than others. Okay, in the in the family, not in the city. Uh, in the in the family, you have some women like to play batuku. Batuku is something is a traditional dancing, just with humans. Okay. But it's not just the dance. She, they said play batuku, but it's a it's a adult. Okay, <laughs> they play batuku because in the end of the day, the humans uh, stay in touch, um, stay in touch. Someone uh, play and the others sing, but it's not singing. No, no, is to say some words. Okay, maybe advice, maybe to uh, to tell the good or the bad things happening, mm. okay? and the others need to do something like this. I don't know, mm. and they have different meanings. This is a traditional things you need to see in uh, in some in such family. But today you can find it in the hotel, in the restaurant, mm. okay? Because we have the groups. So uh, what I want to add is the music. Everything where you go, you see the the boys with the violin, mm. violin mm -hmm. or the guitar, the violin, the guitar, yeah, guitar. Okay, they play and they sing. Mm. They play and they sing alone. Okay, this is a murder from Cape Verde. Yeah. Today, you have the, the, the groups, okay? And you have the singers as a Cesaria. Cesaria, Cesaria begins in this space, in this familiar space, okay? So this is the good thing you can uh, see and feel in the end of the day. Mm. And you have different, the different uh, rhythms. Uh, batuku, funana, coladera, uh, batuku, funana, coladera, and you have the, our music, uh, our music, uh, maybe Morna, morna uh, okay, Morna is something slow. Mm -hmm. uh, in the past, they dance a lot, but today is just to listen. Uh. But what the Morna is, the what is important in the Morna? Because Morna start with uh, maybe 19, uh, I don't know, but uh, uh, maybe um, uh, 18, maybe 18th century. The, the letters of the Morna is to describe the, the love, mm. the love we feel, the love we, the love left for the country to work, is to, to tell the things happen, okay? You have the morna or in the batu, but it's two things different, but the theme is the same. Okay. Uh, morna, for example, is something so, so important for us. 
2019, UNESCO uh, classified this 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 uh, this music as uh, I need to read intangible cultural uh, heritage of humanity. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, because Cesare do this as a star, but in each corner in Kefa you can listen the the people. Okay, the young people. Uh, the young people, the elder people with the violin and singing. Morna. Okay. M O R N A. A. Yeah. A lot of sing, but this is important. The dance, the music, and food. Food. I know John wants to say something. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 there's a, there's a, there's a few things. Um. So food, yes, I, I I wanted to touch um, just on on what on what Adelaide was saying is that there are um, depending on where you go when it comes to the uh, um, batuk, you can see groups and even competitions mm. because that also is now considered like part of the national heritage ah. of 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 Cabo Verde. Mm -hmm. Um, food, yes, couscous. So you have couscous, which is like they even have like a. I guess it would be considered almost like a a cake or like a a cornbread kind of kind of to give someone an idea, but it's it's actually made with like a clay pot, like a steamed clay pot. couscous. So they'll make like the they'll steam it. Uh, you can have it thin with um, uh, leti dormit. So with like uh, oh, wow. <laughs> leti Is dormit. It's a, a favorite? <laughs> yeah, you can tell she likes it. It's good. Yeah. So it's basically, it's with buttermilk. Okay. What we what what is known in states as buttermilk. Okay. Okay, or leti dormi or sour milk. Sour milk, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's really good, and you can even have it uh, sometimes with uh, with honey. Actually, an, um, uh, a neighbor she actually even puts uh, canela or uh, she actually cinnamon. She cinnamon. puts cinnamon, yes. and it's like it's it's so good. Whoa. So you have that cachupa which is also mm -hmm. considered the the national dish right so cachupa is basically it's it's corn um beans you know here you have so many different types of beans so with the beans um you the the like cachupa rico that's where it has all of that then you have with uh with pork uh if you can have it with um with beef uh cabbage squash carrots um onions garlic so it's a hearty it's a hearty stew mm. and each uh even potatoes um different families will kind of have their own kind of mm. recipe recipe for it for for how they how they want to make it so my mother-in-law makes it different than from what some of my other friends will, mm -hmm. will put in it so the cachupa that you have to experience something that i think is really nice also is um is uh what you have it's called grogu grogu now you you have it's a 
It could be known to some as a moonshine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a rum. <laughs> however, however, they are there are some brands now that they are eight they are aging it. So not you have you can have neighbors or people who may produce it, mm -hmm. but also there there's some where they're producing it and they're letting it age oh, even more. Okay. So it's now becoming it's now something that's becoming more of a um what do you call it almost like a is it a, a delicacy i guess you could say in some in some instances right mm -hmm. for example there's a brand um i don't work with them or anything like that <laughs> i'm not getting paid for this but an example <laughs> is a brand is called nyakana nyakana <laughs> nyakana and it's a brand where they age they they age it and um They're, they even had they even had one where they aged it in uh, barrels from I believe it was like Jack Daniel barrels that they used oh, to give it a, a different taste. But each island, like mm -hmm. Santantown, like each mm -hmm. island, each area has their their grogu. There's ponchi also, which is pretty much like a, almost like a liqueur. Um, the vinho uh, from Fogo. Fogo has volcanic. There it has volcanic. Uh, it, there's volcanoes there, so the ground in which these grapes go is it has a lot of sulfur. It's uh, volcanic land, mm -hmm. so as a result, it provides a unique taste. Fogo is also an island that's known for coffee, mm -hmm. so you have to you have to taste the coffee. I was going to say, John, I'm in the New York City area. Are there any airlines that fly directly to Cape Verde, or would I have to? Uh transfer someplace else <laughs> because all of this all of this i'm like i need to taxi taxi yeah. to the airport yeah. like I, yeah. i just want to know how long it's going to take yeah. me can i get on a direct yeah. flight do i yeah. get to stop in lisbon or like what <laughs> yeah hey it's it well, well technically it's not that far you 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 know three hours maybe like three hours you could be over in boston and then you just, just get yeah. a flight okay. but but yeah there's And one of the things that's nice is that um, the foods, you know, you can buy, you can buy fresh, fresh fish. They caught it. It's put in, it's put on a truck. You, even if you were to go, for example, if you, if you uh, go to the island of Santiago, you can go to like, uh, for example, Tarafal or Ribeiro da Barca, Ribeiro da Barca, and in Ribeiro da Barca, you'll actually see them. Um, yeah, pulling off the boats, they have yep with the fish, with the fish, and you can go ahead and make your purchase right there. Mm -hmm. um, there's also an, an area that's uh, now that I'm thinking about Ribeiro da Barca, it's called Aguas Bellas. Jabu Babala Umbes, Adelaide, Aguas Bellas. Okay, he, he knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aguas Bellas, um, it's considered one of the, the wonders of of Cape Verde, but it's very, very, it's a very, very beautiful beach. Um, and there you will see like on the rocks, I guess it's like the algae or whatever. It's like pink. I'll, I'll send you a picture, but it's um, the rocks are pink, but it's so beautiful. And it's very, very, um, it's very peaceful. A lot of the beaches will have a lot of people there, but it's very, very peaceful.
Okay, so going back to the fish, so you can get fresh fish. <laughs> um, <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to uh, produce, like I told you, like right now it's mangoes. It's mango season, so um, you'll see trees if they haven't picked them already. You'll see trees bent over because the mangoes are so heavy. Like if you go to some areas, like after after Ribera da Barca, you go to some areas like Charco. They have like mango trees there. Uh, papaya, bananas. Um, you you can you can know people who they raise the pig, they you know they raise the cow. You know that where you're getting the goat milk from, especially when you go into like the interior. Mm. Which now that I'm thinking about goat milk, the Kelkejo uh, de Fogo. So Fogo also has really, really delicious uh, goat cheese. I'm not sure if you're a big person on goat cheese. Yeah, I love but, goat cheese. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Viciado, like we went, uh, when we went to my uh, my wife's aunt's house in mm-hmm. Fogo. Mm-hmm. So I had the goat cheese and sh- and I, it was bad. I ate so much goat cheese that I was like so congested. I was <laughs> I got so conge- I got so congested because I'm like, hey, I don't know what I'm gonna- I don't know what I'm gonna get for that shit. You risked it all for the goat cheese. <laughs> but it was it was the, it was good. It was mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah. So um for, as far as natural natural foods, like you you can find it. You mm-hmm. can find it. Yeah. But the foods in Cape Verde are, are delicious. Um and then just one one last thing that's traditional that I think is very, very beautiful is the uh, pano di terra. Hmm. Pano di terra. So I can even send you a picture of it. But it's a design. It's a, it is a, um, it, it's made from, it's made from cotton. So it's like a, it can be a, almost like a, a scarf or a shawl. To, mm-hmm. you, in a lot of the older pictures, you'll see like the older women with like a huge shawl. But it's a, a beautiful design that's unique to uh to Cabo Verde mm. and so even um uh on the paseo um buconche que paseo lá na que praça la plateau bu sabe que lá lá tem aquele desenho de pano de terra lá na oh yeah sim 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 um que tá acontecendo dura que dura que identificar so when you uh, when you visit Cape Verde when you go to the uh, they have this area called Plateau you'll even see it they have like a walkway um, kind of like in this little plaza where you can kind of see it designed on the ground but I'll show you a picture but it's a very beautiful design that's unique yeah. to, uh, to Cabo Verde oh, but that's something man. that's also also a part of the culture Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, a lady yeah. even mentioned the music. You know, so I was going to say is one of the things that's really taken off too. Yeah, too. I was going to say about music, like Cesaria is my queen. Like mm-hmm. I worship her, and I actually didn't know of her music until she passed away because it was in the newspaper here, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, who's this?" And then I started listening to her music, and I was like, so sad because I. I didn't know her until she passed away. Yeah, yeah. And I listened to her 
on a weekly basis, like a <clears throat> weekly basis. And I don't know what she sings. I don't know the words, but I, 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 I get you it. Feel. I feel it. I feel yeah. it. And I like worship her. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that just, you know, being, you know, for me being and having that opportunity to be exposed to music from Cape Verde is like amazing. And I think listening to music from Cape Verde, I, I only started listening to after I started listening to Cesaria. So, um, hearing that there's so much variety in the music, like, I want to search even more and even more and even more because yeah. I just think it's so, I think it's unique. And I think, you know, from what I've heard so far, it's, it's, it's unique and the tonality and it's, it's, it's really beautiful. So um, there's a lot to discover in Cape Verde. And I, you know, for people who are listening, like, I hope they're as enthusiastic as I am to learn as much as I've learned from you both today. I'd love to hear more about your work and what you're doing with Learn Cabo Verdeanu and, you know, individually, you know, things that you're working on um, as far as the language. Um, and most importantly, tell us where we can find you online. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I'm one of the the founders and, and linguists of, of Learn Cabo Verdeanu. Um, this this started simply as a project because we we wanted to um like i said we wanted the way we see other kids in other languages love books we wanted to see kids do that here in cape verde we want to see kids cape verdean kids have their favorite books mm. so it started off with with that kind of with that kind of project Adults wanted to learn, and then eventually that kind of mushroomed into or went into a an online project. So at this at this point, um, we are uh, we're working. We released uh, a few months ago. We released uh, a web app, which has our content and a um, an online dictionary uh, that has uh, definitions in Cavardiano. English and also Portuguese. Okay. And so right now we're just working on improving that. We've recently started uh, collaborating even more so with with Adelaide, who's helping us uh, as as one of the instructors, and also uh, being that she works at the the um, the Ministério de Cultura, Modi. Instituto Patrimonio Cultural do Ministério de Cultura. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, the the uh, cultural cultural institute at the cultural institute uh, in Cape Verde. So uh, her input has been uh, her being a, one of the head linguists. Her input has been linguistic and also when it comes to uh, cultural aspects that we have for our online online program. Mm -hmm. and they can find us at learncapoverdiano.com we have a ton of videos on on youtube so just type in learn capoverdiano and there you can you can find us um but yeah so we're happy to be collaborating with adelaide who adelaide you can tell them some of the other things that you're working on as well 
No, I just uh, I just want to to say thank you here uh, for everybody listening us. Uh, thank you to Lana Cafrediano uh, because uh, I I found something I. I, I was looking for, but I don't know it is existing <laughs> <laughs> uh, because my uh, my uh, my my work is to study and promote Cape Verdean language. Uh, so I do it in my uh, in my job, but uh, it's not the same thing because uh, um, we learn Verdiano, The things go so fast and. <laughs> And um, they, yeah, they, they do the good a lot things and so fast. Uh, and for me, it was, uh, it is an opportunity to do what I want to do uh, is to promote Kebele, not alone, because it's a lot of things to do. And I can um, join, we join English with it. So it's good for Cape Verde, okay? Not uh, uh, just Cape Verde, but we show, we promote Cape Verde, and they, they we do English, they know English, and, and like this, we can go in a different way of the different, different, uh, it's not way, it's different uh, uh, place in the world. In the world. I just um, congrats Lan Capverdiano uh, because they they do uh, they they do a good good and important job for our luggage. Thanks for your help. We one one of the things she mentioned um, when she said that it was a breath of fresh air and we move fast was that when we when we started this. Uh, sometimes sometimes the language it can go through these phases where everyone's so enthusiastic and they have they can have a meeting everyone's so enthusiastic but then the enthusiasm can sometimes wane mm. when there maybe is not government support financially to back programs um or when uh, when it seems like certain things, maybe like the officialization of the language may seem as if it's taken a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. um, our mindset was independent of that. We could still make stories for kids. Yeah. Independent of that, we could still develop a, a program. Independent, independent of that, we can, we can still put videos that instructional videos uh, on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so I think when Adelaide said we move fast, it was because a lot of the things that programs that people have mentioned about implementing, we already just started to implement it. Of yeah. course, we always do our research. So that's one of the, she says we, we move fast. I think sometimes we move slow, but it's because, <laughs> we, <laughs> it's because we, we want to make sure that, that things are in accord with, with the standards. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, I'll, I always tell people this. They say, why does it take you guys so long to translate a language, to, to translate an article or to do this or that? I say, because there, there's no autocorrect. Like, That's a good point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like when we, when we write something, the quality, and, and this is maybe for listeners, if you know someone who's a proofreader or who's a linguist and who writes in Calverdianu, 
you know, understand that it takes a lot of work because there is no, there is no, um, there's no program that says this sentence structure is wrong. Mm. There's no program that says this spelling is wrong or how you, how you put this, how you use this particular adjective is wrong. It's all based on your ability to mentally quickly reference the research that you have done mm -hmm. and also to be aware of how the language is being spoken. Yeah. And so I, I we really appreciate Adelaide's assistance too, because she was all she was all for it. Mm -hmm. e even when we when we send emails, it's it's in Calvertiano. The the system the back the back end of the system that we use mm -hmm. when we're posting hey this this is a deadline this or that the the community of of, of the group is okay put it in covered mm. and if someone ever says oh I got to write it in Portuguese because it's too hard we say okay take another day and find find out how would you explain it to your sister or how would you explain it to the boss at this other job mm -hmm. and the words come because you're already using it. It's yeah. just sometimes you may yeah. have a mental block. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I like that. I like that thought process behind what you're doing. And you, 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 uh, you sent me your platform and you sent me some materials and you, what you've got is so robust, at least from what I can see as someone who, you know, uh, hasn't, hasn't yet started learning the language um but you have you have so much there already so i think that you are on the right path i think what you're doing is is wonderful and i wish you so much success going forward thank you very much thanks for giving us this part we normally don't uh, <laughs> we normally don't do <laughs> interviews we like to we're normally in the background right adelaide it's more like okay, we're in a but um, we do appreciate this opportunity. Yeah. And you know, I, what, what my show is doing is, is probably not as powerful as what you are doing, but if I can play any part in helping to promote Cabo Verdianu and support what you're doing, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. If this is just a tiny piece of your pie, you know, I'm happy for, I'm happy to be that. And, and I'm really excited for people to hear this episode and to, to learn more about the language and the culture and the food and the music and the beaches and, and everything, because it's so special in my, in my imagination, it's special. And now talking to you both, I realize like, it's really special. So I can't wait to get on that direct flight from Logan airport to uh -huh. Cape Verde. <laughs> Yes. Look, Rudy, look, Rudy. Us, look us. Look us. Look us. Um, I will add links to your platform in the show notes for this episode so that people who want to get in touch, people who want to reach out, people who want to learn Cabo Verdiano can find you right away. Thank you very much. We, we appreciate it again. So I like to end each episode with the same question, just to end things on a fun note. Um, do you have any jokes, popular sayings, tongue twisters, cool slang words, idioms, words of wisdom, or words of it, words of advice in Cabo Verdeanu to share and to teach to teach me how to say? 
can I can uh, I can use the, the expression. Uh, the expression is not uh, from me. It's from uh, Bibinha Cabral. It was an elder human, um, a special woman. They, she don't know Portuguese, but uh, she was a philosopher okay. in Creole. Okay. So the expression is Sima Nusta Nuka Podifica. Sima nu cre, nunca pode estar. Ok. Ma, sima nu está, nunca pode ficar. Ok. That means we are not as we want to stay. But as we are, we can stay. Ok. So we need to change. We need not to stay. Okay, that's not good, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is I like this, and I think this is from what we do. Me and Leonardo Davidiano. Okay, mm -hmm. we are not where uh, how we want, how we want, but we can stay like we are. Okay. So to teach you, you can repeat with me? Yes, I will repeat after you. Okay. Sima nu cre. Sima nu cre. Nu capodi. Nu capodi. Fica. 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 Ma. 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 Sima nu sta. Sima nu sta. Nu capodi fica. Nu capodi fica. How did I do? That's pretty good. That's why I, that's why I should smile. <laughs> that's okay. You want to repeat again? <laughs> Let's do it one more time. One more time. Yeah. Okay. 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 This okay. is correct. Simanu cre. Simanu cre. Nunca podista. Nunca podista. Ma. Ma. Sima nusta. Sima nusta. Nunca pode fica. Nunca pode fica. This is good. Okay. Right yeah. <laughs> so the second one was better than the first one. Yeah. Okay. No, you know this is correct. It's why it's the people who was changing this. Okay. Yeah, that's why because this is oral. Mm. and the people go to change yeah but the last one is the original quel que aquele outro que não estava a falar um se nunca acabado ah e se acabado catabirado yeah se acabado catabirado um so it, it it gives this sense of um if you it could mean two things but uh, it it really because this is at the airport at the airport in praia and it gives the idea of if you don't go mm. then you can't come back oh. and it kind of really encapsulates the idea of 
the uh, Cape Verdeans immigrating mm. to other countries, but a lot of times maintaining that connection with their, with, you know, Sestera. Yeah. And you, you even see it. Um, there's this, there's this, I, I even saw it with, um, for example, with my wife's grandfather. But mm-hmm. there's this idea of like, hey, when I get old, I want to, I want to, when I pass away, I want to be in my land. Mm. So they can be in another country for decades, but there's always this longing of, I, I have to, this course I've taken, I have to finish it in my land. Yeah. Wow. And then you also know that Cape Verdeans in the diaspora always support Cape Verde. <laughs> so there's always this idea of doesn't matter what country you go to, you always are going to try to find your way back to, to Cape Verde. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So those two sayings. Just one last thing. Mm-hmm. When you meet an older person, mm-hmm. if it's an older woman, you refer to her as Nya. Nya. Oh, that's what that means. Okay. It can mean two things. It can mean uh, nya no. as in my, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, uh, nya kaze. It could mean my, but mm-hmm. when you're addressing, when you're addressing an older person or someone and you want to show them respect, you refer to them as nya. Modiki nyasta. Uh-huh. But if it's an older man, you'll use nyo. Modiki nyosta. What you. There's a song could... by Cesaria. And I tried like Googling it and I cannot find like translations of it. I told you this is hard. No one's proofreading yeah. it. I cannot find translations of, yeah. of her song. So I always hear that word in her songs and I, I have no idea what it means. <laughs> and as soon as you said it, I'm like, the light bulb went off like okay i'm getting somewhere now <laughs> i don't often sing on this on this show but it just uh, uh, that might be another over. podcast yeah that might be another podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i i interrupted you you were talking about uh addressing an older woman or older gentleman yeah, that's it. If you if you saying if you're saying if you want to show the older woman respect, you'll refer mm-hmm. to her as nya. Mm-hmm. And then okay. an older gentleman, you'll refer to him as as nyo. Nyo. I can't yeah. believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a little eclectic sometimes, but no, that's cool uh... that you made that connection. <laughs> yeah. You, that yeah. shows that you're listening. Yeah. I'm I'm always listening to to my queen. Um <laughs> John and Adelaide, thank you so much for this conversation. I had a wonderful time chatting with you both and learning from you both. And uh, I can't wait to see you one day in Cape Verde for real. And uh, this has been a wonderful conversation. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. It was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before. Thank you. And come in. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be there as soon as financially possible. Um, <laughs> uh, before I let you go, 
Just one quick question. Don't think about the answer too hard. But in this situation, after you've been talking to someone for quite some time and you've been having a nice conversation and you're about to go your separate ways in Cape Verde, what is the best way for you to say goodbye? Oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. you use ciao. Ciao. Fica dreto. Fica dreto. Stay well. Ciao, goodbye, and stay well. Ciao is goodbye. Ciao is goodbye. Fica treto. Você sabe o que é que a está pensando também? É aquele que nos está junto. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Sometimes you'll say, nos está junto, where it's almost like, um, I guess, literally it means uh, we're together. Mm. Oh. Kind of like, almost like, you know, if we're, we're going to see each other again, we're together on this, right? So like, okay, nos está junto. Is what's what's all yeah? Yeah, that's Nostra Junto. <laughs> Nostra Junto, Nostra Junto. Thank you so much again, and I will be talking to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. <laughs>